right in front of him. Crowd are looking, throws it alley. Oh! Welcome to another edition of the Just Basketball Show. I am Brendan Clean. That is Chris Manning. We're your hosts today. Wherever you're finding us, all podcast platforms, including YouTube, hit follow, hit subscribe, give us five stars. You know the deal if you're on social media. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we are there as well. Follow us wherever you are. Chris, we have uh, our teams to watch for the NBA stretch run today. The break is over. Basketball is back the long all-star weekend that the players got their way with and means less basketball in our lives for a longer period of time. That is over. There's news to get to first. And we're going to do a fun, uh, we're going to do a taste test, which is not what you normally get on a basketball show, but we're going to do that as well of uh, a certain all-star sponsor. So we'll have a, a very packed show. The first thing though is over in Atlanta where head coach Nate McMillan of the Atlanta Hawks was fired today or Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't even remember when it happened at this point, but he will not be coaching the team down the stretch run of the season. I don't think this was shocking, Chris, in terms of the fact that McMillan wouldn't be the coach next season. Mm -hmm. I think the interesting part is doing it now and where they go next. Yeah, I think it is incredible that they made a coaching firing like that late in the All-Star break. They didn't do it like on Friday or Saturday. They like waited and like... I, I don't totally understand the logic behind that. You know, they are off until Friday. They, they, they'll be beating a team in Cleveland that's on the second night of a back-to-back for that first game. So, like, they're set up, like, to have, like, a relatively, you know, structured schedule coming out of the break here. I just don't understand, like, why you wait. And, like, I, I also just at this point, even maybe things are so bad and we don't know that, but I just don't understand maybe not even waiting till the end of the season. Like, like you said, like I could absolutely see him not being the coach next year. And then they maybe they're the team that goes to hire Ime Udoka as complicated as that is going to be, or they go after a Kenny Atkinson, or they, they go after someone that maybe they really listen to Trey and his camp and, and lead into that. And that could be very ill-advised, but I, I don't understand doing this unless you're just like, okay, the new coach bump, the, the interim bump will get us through the season Maybe we make some noise in the plane and we regroup in the offseason. I, I, I just don't understand this. And Brendan, this is maybe a slightly hotter take. I, this feels like a very kind of lost kind of very not not pointless, but very just kind of blah season for the Atlanta Hawks. Well, that's the part that kind of in terms of the timing is interesting, right? Because this is not like it's a lost season in terms of They're not where they want to be in the standings, right? They are 29 and 30. They're the eight seed in the East. They're not even really close to the seven seed. That is really a seven team conference and they're not one of the seven. So like you're not getting where you want to go despite the DeJounte trade. So that's all fine, but you still have like games you want to win, right? And like they're they're putting Joe Prunty as their interim head coach, who is a a lifer assistant. You know, I think he's been an interim coach before. I just don't see, are you just telling the players in that locker room that this season is a lost cause and it's over? And I think that message being sent is is pretty noteworthy. You mentioned some of the names. Quinn Snyder could be one. I think there's something to the idea of being the first team on the market. You can start interviews sooner. You can put the feelers out and get the agent's attention and all that stuff. I think Atlanta is still a decent place to coach although i don't know if you agree with that i mean trey has now gone through two coaches in his first five seasons 
But the timing is is definitely interesting. Who would you want them to go after, though? And do you feel like a top candidate like a Quinn Snyder would want to come to Atlanta considering all the craziness that's been there during Trey's career? Before I answer that, here I have I think there's a more important question to ask on top of that. And it is, I think I how much does this reflect on Trey Young? And is Trey Young willing to be something different than he's been to date? Is Trey Young willing to give up some of the on-ball stuff, to do some more off-ball stuff, to to change the way he plays, to become a guy that isn't to have to be heliocentric and, and, and want to do everything himself? That is going to be a... Like, if you hire Kenny Atkinson, what we understand about Kenny Atkinson, let's say, is ball movement and team-oriented play and something that empowers the entire roster around them. Trey Young is a great passer, but sometimes it doesn't always feel to me like he's empowering in that way. And I think you need to get him to buy in and sacrifice for others before I can tell you I understand this coaching hire. Because if I'm a coach and that's and I want to play a way that is not just centered around that one guy and is and is going to involve an evolution, which I think would make them better, which I absolutely think would make them better. It would make Trey a better player to sacrifice some. Every great player to some degree has sacrificed. Like they just do. It's part of it when you when you want to win at the highest highest level in the NBA. That clouds any kind of opinion I have on who they should hire. I think there are definitely some good candidates. There's probably assistants we are not fully even aware of. You know that that'll get some buzz. Maybe sure. there's someone like on Denver. Like I know Jordy Fernandez is an assistant. Was an assistant there. He's with Sacramento now, I believe. But he's interviewed before. And like maybe there's someone like a hot coordinator or something on one of these other really good teams that you look at. But my yeah. whole question here just comes back to what is Trey Young? And how, what is he going to look like as we go forward here? That none of this other stuff matters unless I know I'm getting a version of Trey Young that is probably doing a little bit more to empower the others around him than he, I think, is at times the way he plays. Is that unreasonable? No, it's not unreasonable at all. I think that you're, I guess there's probably some people who still feel like Trey Young is a really big difference maker, but. I think he's a little bit different than some of the perception versus reality guys we have in the league, like Westbrook or, you know, whoever you want to throw out there who maybe has a little more fan, like Kyrie, who has like a little more fans than he actually does like supporters within the game type of thing. Um, Trey's never really won. You know, he had that year where they went to the conference finals. Cannot take that away from him. That was far and away the best he's ever looked and and that team put it together and and won big games and and did everything that they needed to do but Trey's been the same player for 3 years if you look statistically if you look at basically since they made the playoffs that season the next 2 years they haven't really been a winning team his three point shooting has been a big story this year in in the fact that it's dipped but you know he's basically been 27 or so points 10 or so assists 4 or so turnovers and you know, 58 to 60 true shooting percentage. Like he, he's really just been the same guy, the usage rate, the assist rate, all is the same. Like that's the kind of crazy part to me, separate from how he evolves. It's the fact that he just hasn't evolved and he's only 24 years old. This is a part of your career where you should be getting better and changing. I think in terms of the usage, in terms of playing the a, a better style, whatever way you want to put it, when I see the names of the coaches that they put out there, Chris, I do kind of feel optimistic that they're targeting the right kinds of guys. Pierce and McMillan are somewhat similar in that they are, I believe Pierce was more of a defense first guy. McMillan definitely is. 
They didn't have much in the way of an offensive system. Even McMillan in Indiana didn't really have that, right? And now he he's not been able to integrate Murray with Trey. I think Snyder, Udoka, if he ends up being a candidate, although he hasn't really been in the initial batch of reports, somebody like Atkinson, those guys are all going to focus on getting the ball moving, using him more as a shooter and off-ball player. It's going to be about buying in with him, but I do think he's going to get one last chance here to get a coach who maybe can think up a scheme a little bit better for him before all of the criticism starts to be headed his way. A lot of it already is. If he can't make it work with one more guy who maybe is a little more offensive-minded, then it really is going to start to be what comes next for Trey Young's career. Yeah. The, the name that I, I will say, if I were to pick a name, it's Quinn Snyder. I think he was one of the best coaches in the league. His entire run in Utah runs really awesome stuff that people smarter than me on the tactics have broken down over and over again. I think was a really big part. in. Well, and he has multiple ball handlers, right? That's a lot of the thing that I mm-hmm. think you would get excited about with Murray and Trey is like he's had Mitchell and Conley. He's had Hayward and Mitchell, or I guess they never played together. Hayward and Ingles, like we've seen it. Yeah, well, and, like, and maybe you're going to hit me with the, the buzzer here. Our producer, Jake, Jake Stevens, is going to just smack me. With no, the- you, this will be the first one. You're good. Okay, but the way Donovan Mitchell has talked about Quinn Snyder this year and like a lot has mentioned the help in his development and, and what they did and setting him up for success. Like he would be an incredible coach to whoever gets him next. He should. He's a guy that I think could be a guy that is a like it wouldn't shock me if he has kind of like the Mike Budenholzer thing where maybe I don't know if it's Atlanta necessarily, but he's going to maybe be somewhere after he's been one, two other places and win a title because he's that kind of coach. He's that kind of guy. I think he's that good of a coach and, and to, he would absolutely be at the top of my list. I think Atkinson makes sense. I think, and I think if you have Trey, you should go all in on the offensive side. You really should. Like, there's not a reason not to. Like, you're not, when you have Trey Young, I think it's going to be really hard to ever be like a top 10 defense, even if you have good rim protectors and all these wings and all that stuff. You should just like lead, like, look at what how the success Denver is having. And Jokic is much, much better than Trey Young, but that is an offensive first team. Lean into it, lean into your strengths. I think that's yeah. what you have to do. And I would be, I, I think. I think uh, I think Snyder would make a ton of sense. I think Atkinson would make a ton of sense. I'm sure there are other the others as well. And and particularly, you know, it's just good to see that they have the same types of guys in mind, right? Mm-hmm. That those that those kind of coaches all are in the same mold. Like I think that tells us more than maybe it. We'll see who it ends up specifically being, but they know they need to pivot. They have a new front office. Landry Fields is running things. We'll see. I do think Larry Brown with the Iverson Sixers kind of screwed this up, Chris. Where it's like. You have your one-man show on offense, and then the perception is like, okay, we got to get our our defense around him. And it's like, no, I think I kind of agree with you. It's like, just go where your strengths are. Yes, you want to find some role players that are going to defend a little more than Trey does, but your strength is going to be offense. Just do that. Figure it out. Um, let's move on to not a, not a much, uh, a very happy story. A much sadder story than uh, Nick McMillan, although I guess he's probably pretty upset. But Lonzo Ball ruled out for the season. We've we've mentioned it here and there, I think, on the show, just our kind of sadness with Lonzo. This guy has not played basketball, has not played an NBA game since January 14th, 2022. He's never played more than 63 games in his career. You had Tristan Thompson. I don't know if you saw this, Chris, going around. I don't know. I guess he's like has an ESPN deal. He went and talked to, uh, about how there's like no precedent that he's heard murmurings that there's like no precedent for what they're seeing when they put Lonzo's knee under 
the microscope. I don't know if Tristan Thompson is necessarily he, correct. He also there, was like, but it adds up to what we see. We've he, heard, well, right? he also was like the he, Tristan Thompson newsbreaker was also like talking to Kevin Love the other day. He's like my brother. Like I'm like, tr- tr- is he just in the media now? This is very weird. But he he seems to be a guy that wheels and deals. If you look at his uh, romantic history, so I think, wow, uh, it's okay, understandable. wow. I'm, I'm, uh, he knows people. I'm not going there. I'm just saying Tristan's out here. Yeah. Okay. So is that fair? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's extremely fair. Um, okay, that's gonna be a quote. That's, that's gonna be a quote graphic. Tristan Thompson is very out there, and it's gonna be like hey. Tristan is out here. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Okay. I don't want people to think of me that way. Yeah, that's gonna be our next TikTok. Is just just Tristan Thompson. But um, the Lonzo thing is, yeah. It when you have reported repeated reports that this guy like can't walk up a flight of stairs, and like all this stuff it's like i what are we doing here like of course he was never going to play this season in this situation right like that was never going to happen if yeah. he was in this case he has obviously been injured the dunce had the injury concerns and, and that's hampered his career but like this is just like this is the kind of injury that changes how we could think of him and like i think of lonzo as a guy that if he's healthy and on the floor for you he can be a top seven guy in your rotation i love the way he plays he's got great size defends multiple positions has developed into a good shooter like does everything you want. He's not a superstar, not an all-star, but like a really, really good winning basketball player that could contribute to really good teams. And like if this this knee injury feels like it's gonna just change any chance of that manifesting in the in the fullest way possible. And like whether that's what was gonna be at the Bulls, whether he ended up somewhere else, like that that is it it's taking away like a really, really good NBA player. And like I, I don't know how you can look at him going forward and say like I, I think he'll be back next year. Like, there's just no reason to to, to be sure that he's ever going to be the same, much less, like, put together full seasons anymore. That's how severe this feels to me from looking on the outside in. Yeah, I love Lonzo Ball. I think he is one of the players in the NBA that can probably do the most with the least and, and help your team without being hyper-involved on offense. And that's just a rare thing. It's There's only a few players who you feel in the course of a game moment to moment who doesn't even generate a lot of assists. Like it's not even that he's just like a, a pass first guy. I mean, he, he sort of is, but he doesn't tally up 15 assist games, you know, like he's at seven assists a game is his career high. He just has this way of, of filling in and fitting in with whoever he's playing with. I think it's an underestimated part of why Chicago has fallen off this year. We talk so much about the guys they have playing worse. It's like, well, they're also missing just like the ultimate kind of, glue player and so that's just a bummer you know it's it's not a guy who you're talking about Kevin Durant for instance tears his Achilles is he ever going to get back to what he was it's like Lonzo just being out there is so impactful even if he could have just gotten on the court let alone being at full strength and he hasn't even been able to do that for 13 months now so he has two years left on this contract, Chris, $42 million. There is a player option. I think we can feel pretty confident he's going to pick that up, given the status of his body right now. Um, you're just at a point, I think, with him where it's like, does he does he sign another contract? And it's not just because of this, right? He's had these, these concerns. I mentioned he's only ever played 63 games. That's the most he's played in a season. So it's not like this is new. You're, you're, you're getting to the territory of, is this a player who is going to play another contract beyond this? Or is he going to be a problem physically and and kind of not be able to sustain a career. And it's just 
for such a fun player, really, it would be a really bad note for it to go out on. I hope it doesn't get. Yeah, and I don't even know what the Bulls do here. Like, do you just like eat this out and let it run out? Do you try to like trade him to a, a team? Like, do you call the Hornets and be like, hey, do you want yeah. the other ball, brother? Do you want the third? The, you have the other one in your G League team, I believe, <laughs> I mean, and you have Lamelo. Like, do you want him? Yeah. And you're going to be bad anyway. Like, maybe it works out for you, and like at least you're like putting. You can say, hey, we have all the ball brothers. Like, do you do? Like, I don't know what what you, they do here. Like, they're in a, they're in a bad situation. I think they probably. They are. They probably well. They they're going to be in a bad situation either way, though, right? From a cap standpoint, unless they really tear it down, which I kind of don't expect they, them to they, do. Uh, because they sh- again, another knee guy, Levine. Not sure that you're going to get much for him. So, what were you going to no, say? No, it's just it's all bad. <laughs> well, what I was going to point out is I think they'll probably keep him through the summer, see if he can play next season, and then it does start to get to that point of do you just try to dump him to get the money off of your books, maybe. Maybe it gets to like the you cut him to a team with cap space who can you you trade him to a team with cap space who can cut him it like you but I think I think they wait it out and try to see if he can be ready for training camp next year and if that checkpoint doesn't happen is is when you really start to to raise the alarm. Um, Chris, the moment we have been waiting for our audience didn't know it was waiting for it. Are you ready to bust out the uh, very I think surprising new sponsor that even as the three-point contest was unfolding and the special ball on the right and left wing was named after this soft drink i think people didn't even realize it existed so in that way the marketing worked we're going to help them with the marketing we're going to do a starry taste test are you ready yeah i'm not a big pop guy i the only pop i really drink is like a, a ginger ale every now and then and or like an Arnold palm which doesn't really count and i'm looking at like the i'm not the, i'm looking at like the the cat the the oh boy yeah don't say it we're trying to make them sound good we can't can't be putting the sugar content out there there is a zero sugar uh, option do you know the there is i don't love caffeine free soft drinks in general because it kind of feels to me like it's defeating the point like if i'm gonna have one i want it to to energize me a little bit Uh, maybe that's just me okay that's did you see the uh, slogan for this thing too uh i saw the ad with um Nikki Palmer. No, with oh, uh, and Tyrese Maxey. I was trying to think of the NBA play. And yes, Tyrese Maxey, yeah. like yeah, standing on the yeah. I was like, good bottom. job, good for yeah. you, Tyrese Maxey, being in it with uh, with Kiki Palmer. He gets the uh, the the press from. Okay, the slogan is it hits different. So that is the status we have to hold it to. Hits different, I guess, than Sierra Miss because that's what it's replacing. Sierra Miss was a, a fixture of our childhoods. It is gone. It's dead. It's over. Apparently, this is going to taste dramatically different and hit hit different for us as well. Um, uh, all right, I think we should make this a little bit ASMR-ish. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, it feels like yours was flat. That's what it sounded like there a little bit. I'm getting I'm getting gypped. Okay. I'm getting gypped in the Midwest. All right, let's let's do this together. Three, one, cheers. That tastes like a that tastes like how I remember Sprite tasting. Yeah, I was gonna say Mountain Dew. It's kind of the same thing. I don't. Know, I think it does have a little more crackle. I feel like it might be a little more carbonated, and you can kind of see the bubbles yeah. if people are on YouTube. Mountain, oh man, I you I don't you have to pay me a lot of money to drink a Mountain Dew at this point. Have you ever had a Mountain Dew? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a. 29 year old man who like absolutely like went through like a Mountain Dew phase because in like high school because everyone does but it's been a long long time 
Okay. I was going to say, I thought you meant in general, you couldn't pay you enough. Like you've never tasted one. And I was going to say that's next week, but no God. Oh man. Yeah. I think I might like turn. This is, uh, I don't think it hits that different. I think I'm giving it like a, like a C my, a C just a straight up average. I I don't hate it. I'm not going to like throw it away. I'll probably finish the bottle because why not? But, um, I'm not going to tell people to come try it. I mean, they can sponsor the show. It's just, and then, then yeah, I'll... they can absolutely sponsor the show. I think we might have ruined our opportunity on that, though, unfortunately. All right, I think that great fair. I... Yeah, we, if we wanted the sponsorship, we would have had to. Oh my goodness, this is the best soft drink I've ever had in my entire life. I love it so much. Everybody, go buy it. Yeah, I would do that for like a Canada Dry. <laughs> Canada Dry, come sponsor just basketball. Look, right. look, I have Brendan. Here's the thing. And you will learn. I, I, I am just, I have like some old man tendencies and ginger ale is, is one of them. That's the quote graphic. It's just me Photoshop with like a can of the dryer, like a Seagram's, you know? So your reputation is uh, boring sodas and mine is criticizing celebrities I've never met like I know them. Yeah. And you know what? I That's what we're going for here? Is, no, I mean, no, but like that, that's one of my stocks in life, I guess, you know, like that's just one of the realities. You know what I had for the first time on a plane recently was because I've been really into LaCroix and oh, that's love, my love, like old man drink love of a choice. La, love a sparkling, love a LaCroix. Yeah. So I had a sparkling water like I ordered one, but not flavored on a plane for the first time. That felt very old fashioned and like I aged myself a little bit, but I enjoyed it. It's nice on a plane because you're kind of like you get all muggy and weird on a plane and you just need something to like kind of spice things up and then you get the carbonation but you don't have to feel weird about the sugar or whatever yeah. and it was perfect so that would, uh, look i'm not that far from you i'm not going to be powering through stories on the regular episode. so the last so the, speak this is an nba related plane story i wish i would have had that sparkling water when i the this would have 2021 you and i are, were in vegas together for summer league yes okay so on the flight out there the two people next to me got a, on a on a spirit flight you got absolutely sh- like trashed on like jalapeno margaritas and i just like put my head down it was like i want to go to bed this is like i'm tired planes are gross and like they were just like crushing like some snack mix and jalapeno margaritas and like i really would have just like like a nice like sparkling water like plain at that point like an ambient i did not know (laughs) yeah exactly uh crunch up like a pill put it in the uh i didn't know that um Spirit Airlines did mar- did Jalap- margarita. I didn't know they did alcohol. Jalap- jalapeno margarita specifically was the only kind of margarita they had, and I was just like, okay, here we go. Maybe that's a special for the the trip to the Southwest uh, from the Midwest, just to get people ready, because I doubt you guys have much jalapeno going on uh, in Cleveland. So uh, I, I'll, I'll take. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. When you come for the final four, the women's final four, which I'm just gonna keep saying until you and just to get it out of the universe. I'm, I bought a ticket yesterday. I'm okay, there. for next year. I don't think you can buy a plane ticket that far in advance. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'll take you to some, I think, very good Mexican spots in Cleveland, and there's some jalapeno there, and then you can tell me how bad the tacos are in the Midwest, and I'll be like, okay, that's fair. You yeah, are, I'll see. You are, well, I have a very high standard. I but mean, you should. You live, you speaking live in of Phoenix, this is a yes, good, this is a good, uh, this is a good jumping off point. Chris, I'm curious what you think, because we've never in the history of the NBA seen a team add a player who was their best player in February midseason and go on to win a title. We've had a couple where great players joined and went on to win, but never this level to experiment and get the team ready to make a championship run in six weeks. What do you think 
about the Suns over the stretch run here? So first, I want to just say, go if you want more Brennan Clean, Locked on Suns, great job over there daily covering everything going on there. It's a great podcast. But what I what I think is that you're right in that it is just like an experiment like we've never seen. And it's Kevin Durant, who before he gets injured, was playing at an MVP level. I, I think he, you felt pretty strongly that he might have been your MVP pick at a certain point, right? Like he, he was playing at an absurd level. And if he's healthy and you have all these scores and like they're specifically kind of designed in some ways to like, you know, maybe like torture the maybe the three time MVP based on how he defends. And there's like all these things that if it just goes the right way and the legacy on the line for Durant and Chris Paul and all this stuff, like there's just nothing quite like this that we've ever seen. And like, it's not wrong, I think, to look at them and say that's the favorite in the West now. Like if everything breaks right for them. Like, this team could be that good right now. And, like, I, I think of Durant, and I don't think there's, like, an acclimation period. Like, he's just going to be fine, and, like, those guys are going to, like, obviously build chemistry over time. But, like, Durant's one of the guys, that one of his superpowers is just pl- making it really easy to play with him. Like, that's just one of the things he's great at. I think the offense will be great right away. I'll be fascinated to watch DeAndre Ayton and, and just kind of seeing what kind of you get out of him down the stretch run. But this team's going to be awesome, and there's there's... I don't know if if you don't think this team is like the most interesting storyline the rest of the way and how they look and how it all works. I don't know if you like basketball. Like that's where I end up on this. Like this team yeah. is going to be fascinating every single night. And you know we're getting reporting today that it looks like Durant's targeted return date is March one. He's going to get like oh that gives him like over a month of regular season play with book with CP three with Phoenix before the playoffs. And like yeah. that month is that six weeks whatever it is. I'll be tuning into as many Phoenix Suns games as, as I possibly can to, to catch everything. They're going to be like, this is, you know how they used to put Jordan on national TV. All the Bulls games toward the end were on national TV on cable. Sure. They could do that with these Suns, And I think people would, uh, would tune in. I'm warning you now, my level of, of anxiety and nervousness is probably going to escalate as the spring continues. And we do this show together because of all of this 20 games is just not a lot, but uh, that's what they're they're set up to do. If anybody is going to break that precedent and be the first superstar to mesh that quickly and make it all happen and win, uh, I think it's going to be Kevin Durant. I have a question on the Durant side of things, Chris. Um, there was a lot of back and forth with Barkley and blah, blah, blah about trade demands and everything else. Less interested in that. More interested in this is going to be a fourth version of Durant. I think the the Warriors version was probably the closest comparison of fitting into something. I think the Thunder version was just going all out production, box score stuffing 30 plus points a game, winning an MVP, doing everything. And then the Nets version was sort of like that actually. Uh, But probably even uh, not probably less talent around him. All things considered with the injuries that happened to the, the uh, co-stars and he was still excellent. Which of you, which of the versions of Durant has been your favorite, and which of the ones do you think is going to be closest to what we see in Phoenix? That's a good question. Golden State Durant was really unfair. Yeah, you have a, a maybe a little bit of a. You're probably not going to pick that one. I think maybe. I look like is it wrong to say like I kind of want to say it's OKC. That was where I was leaning. I, I was either thinking that or I was going to say this this version of him on the Suns just because Booker is such a unique 
type of player that I guess like Harden and OKC is kind of similar to what Booker is now, but I'm interested to see that that layer to it. But as far as what we've already seen, I loved those Oklahoma City teams. I thought they were so fun, even though it was not a perfect fit with him and Russ and the roster was always a little awkward. I love that. So I think that's a great pick. But I think the version we're probably most likely to see is probably Brooklyn, right? Like, I think there's maybe elements of OKC, but think about like he's playing with Kyrie. You know, that's a ball dominant guy in the way he's playing with Book. You know, Chris Paul is going to do a lot for him as well. And it'll like be his team inside and like without it kind of maybe always feeling like, you know, it's 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 books. I that's like a, a tricky way to answer. But like, I think like the tug of war between him and book will be a little different than him and Kyrie because like book is so much more established with Phoenix and with Monty Williams and with everyone else on the team in a way Durant isn't and Kyrie wasn't in Brooklyn, even with the one year kind of advantage. But I think OKC is the most fun one. But I think with how he's evolved, how skilled he is now, like just how much better he gets year over year over year. I think it has to be the Nets one is kind of the most likely you're going to see. He's going to take on a ton. It's not going to be like Golden State where yeah. like he doesn't have it. Like it's he still has a lot to do there, but it's not nearly as much as he maybe was doing with Brooklyn. He's going to need to be a two way monster in the way he would have needed for Brooklyn to win a title. If if, yes. if this is going to work, so that I, part I, is definitely a, a good comparison. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's Brooklyn. I. I, I think you're probably right, although there, by the end of the Golden State run, that defense was a, a, a pretty close comparison to what we might see because he really was a rim protector for that team, and he'll have to be that for the Suns because they're going to have to play defense differently. Losing Mikhail Bridges, the way we know the Suns' defense worked, the reason it was so effective at times was Bridges running through screen. At least their pick-and-roll defense. Bridges running through screens, Aiton dropping into the paint, and then they have smart IQ defenders helping from the outside. They made it very simple on their players because they didn't have a lot of size. They didn't have a lot of talent. That's going to look different. They're going to allow penetration more than they used to because Bridges isn't there. And so then the question becomes, yes, what does Aiton do? I feel pretty trustworthy that he's going to be able to continue to be at his pace. But if you're inviting that interior scoring, you need more protection. And Durant is going to have to do that. So it's going to be... Pretty fun to see how he mixes in the Booker angle, everything else. That is Book's team. This is this is Wade welcoming LeBron to Miami much more than it is anything else. But um, on court, it's going to be a pretty different type of, of mix. I have one last Suns question for you, Chris. Do they need, because we've talked about health. We did our X factors. Chris Paul was the first guy we talked about. Do they need a healthy Chris Paul to win a championship? If I told you Chris Paul gets a, a hamstring injury in the conference finals and he misses the last three games of that series and all of the finals. Would you tell me that the Suns could still win a championship? I think I tend to think they need a very, very good Chris Paul. I don't know if it's like the the Chris Paul you even got two years ago because Durant's going to shoulder so much and and they have all these other kind of and, and books going to shoulder a bunch and Durant really just takes on so much for you. But I I mean, I think they need a Chris Paul, like a really good performance to like maybe defend Jamal Murray if they play Denver and maybe like just make enough mid-range shots and keep the ball moving and do enough. Like they need Chris Paul to do enough. I don't think it's, I think they need him healthy, even if he's not playing at that like peak Chris Paul level that we saw when they, when they made that finals run and maybe the wheels come off a little bit there. Like he has to be a very, very good version of himself and be available, I think, for Phoenix to win. I like. You know, campaign has been like a really nice for them when he's been healthy. 
Booker and Durant will shoulder some of the playmaking. There's no like replacing what Chris Paul is going to provide, and I think that's that's a that's a really tricky thing to navigate. If he's hurt, their their team is just different, and it's not. It's just another tricky thing. I think you would see the M- impact mostly on Aiton if Chris Paul wasn't able to play. Absolutely. I think you would see him. You would see him probably not be as impactful. And then, yeah, you're just kind of trickling down. I, I think the, the one of the key questions is just going to be who plays. And, and that'll be a, a smaller thing that maybe, you know, it just will get itself figured out. But in the regular season, as people are watching, you're going to see all 15 people, I think, get a chance at this. And it'll be kind of interesting to see who those uh, six through 10 end up being really five through 10. We don't even know who the fifth starter will be. All right. I uh, basically threw the Suns out there. They were on both of our lists, but I'll let you throw the next one out there. Okay. So I'm going to go to a team that is also on your list because I think this is just like, if you're, if you're deep in the weeds and paying attention, I think the Orlando magic have to be on this list. There are other teams in the East we could pick. Like, I think you can make it like Philly would be sort of interesting, all that stuff. Right. But if you want to look at a team that's going to, that has to get, get on in on them now and think about what they're going to be going forward, they add another lottery pick. They have really, really good young players. It's the Orlando Magic. Like, this is a team on the year that, you know, they're only 25th in net rating. Like, their offense is, is 26. Like, it's not a good team, you know, like on paper. Last two weeks before play resumes, 10th in point differential, 6th in defense. 21st in offense. The offense is still very much like a work in progress. That's going to kneecap anything that happens here. And like, there are obviously like some questions about some of these young guys, but it's like Palo is going to win rookie of the year. He's awesome. Franz remains awesome. Markel Fultz is, is a highlight at night. That's a really good player now. Like, like the, this team has stuff. They have things you, I think you should like. And I think this is a team that like, it would be a really big deal for them if they could get into the, even if they just get one playing game, right? I don't, I don't, this team is not going to like be the eight seed and like, you know, push the Celtics. Like they, they would get wrecked if they get, you know, Boston or Milwaukee in round one or whoever gets, you know, one or two there in the East, right? But if they could just get like a playing game this year and Palo and Franz and these guys get to like play, you know, like, the 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 heat or something or then even the nets yeah. like a team that's like a little older than them a little more advanced that's a big deal and look there's, there's a lot of ground to catch up they're four games back of the 10th place raptors okay i don't know if they're gonna get there but the way their defense has been playing the upside of their young guys they feel like they have something to play for in a way that maybe indiana or like the like the bulls the wheels are coming off there like this team could is going to be really fun to watch the rest of the way get in on the ground floor now the orlando magic are, are coming for something real the part that's a, a downer, I think, for them in that play-in race is that aside from Indiana, nobody's really going to be okay with losing ahead of them. You know, Atlanta, Miami, who you mentioned, Washington, Toronto, Chicago, those are the other teams ahead of them besides the Pacers. All those teams are going to also be trying to win, and they're a little bit back on the pack. I think just making 10 would be a huge accomplishment and it would speak to some genuine like i mean they would have to be a good team not just like frisky they would have to like be above significantly above 500 the rest of the way to make that happen they're 19 and 15 since they started 5 and 20 that's that's been thrown around a ton and that that's a long time you know 34 games so they have it in them but they just have a little bit of a problem in terms of the standings is there I don't think there's a single player on this roster that I don't like watching. 
I love Wendell Carter. Yep. I love Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs has been super fun lately. So, that dude is a genuine one through five defender already. In yeah, if his offense is just like kind of a bummer because it's just like really going to limit like what he can kind of be. But like the he's dude, young. I know, I mean, but right? it, he's only yeah. three years out of high school. I know, but it's just like some of the offensive stuff you th- may have thought coming out of Gonzaga just maybe hasn't happened as soon as you would have liked. And that that's kind of a bummer. But yeah. he's like an absolute menace defensively, like absolutely just just a menace. Filthy. Yeah, he has some bad turnovers. He'll take some weird shots, but he has just like a physicality and kind of force to his game that that's just like there's just not another player like Jalen Suggs in the NBA. And that's kind of a lot of this roster, like the way that those like the the magic front office gets made fun of. They were the guys who used to be in Milwaukee that drafted Giannis and they have a type. Right. But it's kind of working and they just man, the way that they put this together. Jonathan Isaac is back. Gary Harris is now starting. He was hurt at the beginning of the year, and he's been a nice just sort of glue guy, connector, shooter, spacer for them. And then obviously, uh, Wagner and and Bancaro. I'm curious what you think about this sentence about the Orlando Magic. They already have their number one and number two on the roster, and they are just waiting for them to get good enough to start winning. That's I, how I feel about this team. I think it's on the right track. I think like what they what they could do in the draft next year will be interesting because they have that Bulls pick that's top four protected. Yeah, they they have their own pick, which should be the fifth worst in the league right now. So like you come away with two more top ten picks. That what you do with that, do you make a trade? Like, you know, they do they like do they I, a lot of people have mentioned this, so what I'm not even. What do you think me, they need? What would yeah? Ball hand. It's ball handling. Like they need. They need like an adult point guard, ball handler type. Like like people have said this, um, and and offered this take. I don't know if I fully agree because like I, I I don't know if they were ready to accelerate with him in that same way. But like some people are like they should have been like a team that called on Donovan Mitchell and like made a play for that and used their chips to get into that conversation. And like I can see the logic and like they should be calling on like Fred Van Vliet this summer. Like they should be like in the market for like a, a point guard type or a guard type that becomes available on the trade market. Maybe use one of their picks. Maybe like they, you know, looking at this draft, like, do they take, you know, one of the Thompson twins? Like, do they, is there like a Nick Smith at Arkansas who fits? Like these guys are really young and there's some concerns, I think with maybe like adding another young guy or too many young guys, especially if you like Suggs, you like Fultz, but like you could do some interesting things with those picks and accelerate things and, and, and or go and go find an adult to kind of play with them a little bit. I don't think that's like, this team is not far off if if Paolo and Franz continue on the upper trajectory. It won't be linear, obviously. Like I don't think this team is like a title contender like next year or the year after or anything like that. But like Paolo is going to be awesome. Franz is going to be really really good. Like they have the foundation. I don't think you're wrong to say that those two guys could be their best guys when this when whatever this ends up being, they're at their apex. That that would not be surprising at all. It would be very funny if they were the team that like won the Wembenyama thing though i would say that that would that would be like uh, hello the, yeah to get the opportunity to draft Giannis and wemby those uh hammond and whatever the other guy's name is they would need to be put into the hall of fame in the very next class i think because that would be crazy i think that what the magic really need i agree with you on ball handling although i kind of like the idea of leaning into the wing ball handling be a little bit like what boston is right with with everything kind of flowing but, but, from Tatum but imagine and Brown. but imagine like fred van vliet is like the the veteran point guard with fultz and suggs your supplementary guards yeah you could do the boston thing very much with yeah. van vliet as your point guard you absolutely could 
And that's where I was going. I think it, it kind of has to be a combo, right? Like Van Vliet's not a, a, a point guard, really. You know, he's like a combo guard who's short. <laughs> and so I think like I look at the guys like I, this is not me saying that it, it's reasonable, but it's just like if I could put anybody in the league to finish off their starting lineup, if we assume Fultz is, is, is an answer there and Suggs factors in too, like Desmond Bain, mm. like put him just a, a killer shooter who can do enough with the ball in his hands, but also kind of fits with the physicality and length of the the rest of that team. So I don't know. The Magic are going to be fun. I really do expect to watch quite a bit of them um, this season. I will move on to my final team because the Magic, like you said, were on my list as well. New Orleans Pelicans. Maybe not for the reasons of I'm going to be tuning in every day, Chris. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie that I, I plan to watch a lot of this team if they don't get healthy. But that's really the question. I think it starts with does Zion come back and when? And then all of the ripple effects off of that. Sure. This is starting to feel like a team to me. And we talked about Zion recently when the when the update came out that it it might just not have an opportunity to gel because one of the things that happens when you get all these picks, you make the trades, you have a million draft picks and all the assets in the world, quote unquote, is the the timeline gets fast. Like it, it, it quickens whether you want it to or not because you got three young guys coming in every year or you have to make a decision on how to get rid of that, right? Like it's it's cool that they have Dyson Daniels and Herb Jones and Trey Murphy on top of Brandon Ingram and, and Zion Williamson and everything else. And we don't even know how they're going to play all their good players. Cause, but like that starts to create pressure and they're already projected to be in the luxury tax next season. I just wonder if they don't get to find out what they are this season, or it comes together too late, if they already have to start looking at making some changes just to condense this roster down. And that's just a crazy situation to be in without even getting to see these guys actually play competitive basketball together really at all. I'm not sure if the three of them have still ever played a game together. Like, it, I, and like, you just need Zion. Like Zion is the fuel of whatever this is going to be. I like in the McCollum trade was really good for them. I think like, I, I think like they have a lot of guys I really like, like Larry Nance Jr. is like, has been really great for them. You know, like the, the Herb Jones, like Trey Murphy's good. Like they have a lot of guys that you just said, like we like, but it's like this team is just like, I, you need Zion. Like Zion is what elevates you. Zion is your superstar. Zion is the guy that if this is going to work, it's going to be dependent on him. And like, this is a team that's like 10th on the year in net rating. Their win differential is like much lower, which would lead you to think that they're better than kind of their win loss record. And even the past two weeks. Yeah. Like, Fifth, fifteenth in point differential, like a little positive. Fourteenth in offense, fifteenth in defense. But it's like they're just kind of like fine. And like I think with the talent, the money, the pressure, it's like you think they maybe should be more than fine. And maybe some of that's the early season success. Maybe the early season success pushes them in a direction that makes us get to this point. Because I agree with you, they are going to be interesting. I, I, my interest is just lessened unless Zion is back and healthy and just like destroying the world again because they. He is he is what will take this team whenever whether it's this year next year into a team that can make a deep playoff run. It has to be it's it's Zion is that piece to get them there. Ingram's great, McCollum's great, all that stuff, but it's about Zion. Yeah, they steadied themselves after losing a bunch in a row. We I think we brought up on the show that they were 30th in offense for a couple of weeks there. Ingram came back and and finally started to get on track and and that's why they've kind of gotten back to 500 over the past couple of weeks as well as like total on the season. 
But yeah, my interest, again, it's not that I'm going to be tuning in and, and saying they're great without Zion. It's do they get Zion? And then what happens as a result of that? It's it's more just like a big picture team to watch. But if if Zion comes back and plays and they are able to play like they did at the beginning of the season and integrate Ingram, who wasn't around for those times with a toe injury, would you take them? over well let me start with minnesota yeah if they get that version of their team and 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 ingram comes back do you, you would take them over minnesota yeah in the i'm uh i'm that's maybe an episode to do and maybe that's where we get like a minnesota guest to come on and like talk to us through what's going on there but uh yeah i'm not i'm a i'm a i love ant and this is good like we probably should have a carl anthony towns on our most interesting players list like because he has so much to prove the rest of the year really but uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not like in love with the Minnesota Timberwolves. OK, I love Anthony Edwards. I think that team's pretty, pretty solid when they have it going. Their offense can be uh, tough. They just don't have the the juice without towns a lot of nights. But but Kyle Anderson's been really helpful for them. Mike Conley's been good. And, and Ant has, has just been a monster. It's just I like, probably I like would agree though, the, New Orleans just has more talent. Look, Mike Conley's awesome, but it's like your season's in trouble when you're like, we need to get Mike Conley just to make things normal. Like that, that is a weird place to be if you're if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think I'm not saying the Timberwolves are going to win the championship. We're talking about the play-in, but I that's on that's on that's on the next quote. That's on the next quote graphic is like Minnesota championship. Okay, yeah. So Tristan Thompson, the the old man uh, Seagrams, and then and then we're we're really advertising ourselves well. I think the Warriors are the next one then, right? We don't know about yeah. Steph, but assuming he comes back. If they just Who look did, like they look it in, at did. times with Steph, New Orleans or Golden State? Probably Golden. I mean, it's Golden State. Like, I, I would pick them. We did get in a, a Curry update. Uh, he's doing some non-contact yeah, work. News. So we'll see kind of what that looks like when he returns. But, you know, seems closer than than not. But I, I would take Golden State. Just the championship equity gives, yeah. would lead, lead me to, to Curry and co there. Draymond guarding Ste- uh, Zion would be pretty fun. S- sign but, me up. Part of part of that is to say the West play in is going to once again be pretty crazy and fun. Part of that is to say the Pelicans, again, to reiterate, might end up in a situation where they do not get much time to really judge this team. They didn't have Zion in the playoffs last year, and it doesn't look like a given that they'll even make it to the playoffs this year. That is that's a bummer. I guess it makes it even more urgent to try to get to six, which is very much still in reach for them. They're only half a game out, so we'll see where they go. But uh Let's jump over to your, one, one, your one, second team. Just one last thing, and we'll we'll do the this other team, uh, the the last one I think we have. I would I would have loved to get a David Griffin reaction cam when the team that he they, his team beat in the playoffs last year when I got Kevin Durant. Just kind of curious about like what what the reaction might have been in, in that sense because they were a team that was like, could they be a Durant team? Do they trade Ingram in their picks and go get Durant and, and push? And they didn't, and I understand why. But then Phoenix goes and get him, and I, I just wonder how they might think about that. That's just. You know what I think his reaction was, was probably opening YouTube on his phone and watching Zion absolutely eviscerate the Suns in the fall when he was still healthy and the 360 dunk that he did to completely embarrass them after eviscerating them. So he, he probably feels all right about that. And that speaks to how good Zion is, right? Like this is a dude who, when he is healthy, nobody in the entire NBA can stop him. Yeah. Nobody can guard him. He's just going to get to the foul line or finish at the basket and you just have to sit there and pray. But he might not play, so we'll have to see. All right, so my last one, uh, Miami Heat. Don't know why I did this. I, I went through the league. 
I like thought about some other teams. Like I was like, oh, we could talk about OKC. They're eleventh in net rating and and you know have a good offense and all this stuff. And like we we could get an OKC. Like they're they, OKC is the best offense in the league over the last two weeks. That's that's something. But I went to the Heat because I think this is the team that like I until I see them just get like obliterated in the playoffs. I just like won't write them off, and they add Kevin Love. And I don't like, Lord no, I don't. I have no idea how much Kevin Love is going to help the the Miami Heat. I don't know. You know, like the thumb. He says his thumb is healed. Like we'll see. It was not good at the, at the end of his time in Cleveland. He's going back to number forty two, which makes that like a great Coachella jersey. By the way, um, great, great Miami. They need to bring the Vice jersey back just just for that. I would buy the. I would buy that. But. I have one of the the last remaining Wade Vice jerseys, so you should, if anyone wants it, get at me. Give me like four hundred bucks, and I'll part ways with it. But it's Dude. a collector's edition. They got rid of their best jersey ever. I don't understand. Yeah, you gotta you gotta sell that for some Arm uh, Arm Layton six hundred dollars. That's that's Brendan's. Uh, that's yeah. the that's the initial bid just just for you, buddy. But just double my monthly for the show, and we'll do that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> sounds like a win to me. I get two percent for for negotiating on there. But there you go. I'll take a bottle of water at some really next time. That's what I'll, I'll take as my, my feet, Brennan. But Miami is going to be, like, really annoying for whoever they get. They just are. And, like, that that is with, like, Kyle Lowry not always being, like, the best version of himself anymore. You know, like, th- there's some defensive concerns, I think. But, like, they're going to be six. They're, they're going to be somewhere between five and seven in the East. They're going to get one of these good teams in the first round. They've, they, they went and made a buyout addition that I think is going to help them, that I think does fit well if he's healthy, and we'll do some stuff for them. I'm curious to see what he looks like. And they're just, like, they're going to be annoying for one of these teams. And I don't, like, I think the Knicks offense has kind of given them a little bit of an edge of late. But, like, if you told me I had to pick one of the, the Nets, the Knicks, or the Heat, or the Hawks, like those five through eight right now in the East, to be the most annoying for one of these teams in round one, it's Miami. I want to see where they end up in the playoffs. I want to, are they going to be in the plane at seven? You know, get the Bucks in round one. You know, do they end up like sliding into six and getting whoever the three seed is? Like, their positioning in the East is going to unlock like some interesting matchups in the East. And I think they're they're just they're the Heat. They're annoying. And this is a boring answer, but like they're going to be this team that is just like going to piss you off when you have to play in the playoffs. And I don't think they get out of the first round. I I don't think they're going to be that level. But this team is just kind of always around. And Jimmy plus Bam plus the other guys they have plus Spo is just like. That's that's a really annoying lower C team to play, and I just I can't quit Miami for whatever for whatever reason. It's it is a team that has flown under the radar, and I think it's because they've underachieved. But we know that they're going to be there. You know, last year somehow they were the one seed, and it felt the same way. Where it's like they're surprising us yet again, even though they won all throughout the regular season. They're built to build over the course of the season and, and peak in the playoffs. And that's always going to be the case. I don't know if the love thing will matter, but I do think hero has had a much better season this year. I think that they've been able to kind of transform a little bit to a Tyler hero, bam out bio team in a way that's going to be good for them long-term, but also might just help in the present too, so that it's not just, Hey, Jimmy, go win us a game. And hero was just not very good in the playoffs last year. I think the funniest outcome to me with this though, Chris would be Miami getting to six and facing Philadelphia again, the team that they ousted in the second round last year, a team that they probably shouldn't have beaten. I'm sure Philly fans went into that series feeling pretty good, and then Miami wins it, and 
Uh, that would be the worst case scenario. The Sixers probably just want the smoothest possible first round opponent that they can get. And I don't know if they're going to get that. I think if they got the Nets or the Knicks, the Sixers would be totally fine. Uh, but the Heat would just be kind of hilarious to have to deal with Sixers. It's just going to go six or seven. And uh, like, you know, Jimmy Butler falls into you and you get an MCL sprain, a la Kevin Durant, right? Like they just play hard. It's physical. It sucks to do it. You got to fly all the way to Miami. That's kind of what I think is going to is going to happen. They're just going to make somebody mad in the first round. And they have interesting games the rest of the regular season, too. They play Philly three times between now and the end of the regular season. Uh, once they, they play Milwaukee in their first game back, they play Milwaukee on, on Friday in Milwaukee on an, in a nationally televised game. They have the Cavs twice in three days in the South Beach um, in near the middle of March. And, you know, they play the Knicks twice. That's going to have some implications. Three on times. Three, oh, play yes, the Knicks three times. Excuse me, three times. That, that's going to be really, really important for, for playoff seating. Um, yep. They play the Nets as well. Like, they, they have all these teams that you kind of want to maybe see them against right now. They play, and they're, they're, they finish the season at Philly, at Washington, home versus Orlando. Like, they have interesting games down the stretch, and they're going to just they're be in the thick of it. And, like, if they get Philly in round one... That's just that that's drama right there. Jimmy back in Philly and bead like all of that is just kind of there. And, and as you said, it's a, it's a rematch of last year as well. And like they're, they're just going to be there and be really annoying. Which am I right, Brennan, in saying that if, if you were to say one of those teams, five through eight is going to be the most annoying out in the playoffs. It's it is Miami as good as the Knicks have been in a lot of ways. Yes, I think so. And a lot of that for me, from the Knicks standpoint, when it comes to the playoffs is I need to see it to believe it with Randall. He was not good in the playoffs um, the first time, although he was good in the first round, not as good in the second round when they lost. And then, or I'm sorry, he was good in the beginning of the first round. Yep. They ended up losing in the first round. He got worse as the series went along against Atlanta. I'll, I'll clarify that. I don't know if Brunson's going to help him. And then I think the other part is just they're a very young team, right? New York is winning with a lot of young guys, Grimes and, uh, Barrett, even Toppin, uh, McBride. They have a lot of interesting young players quickly, but I don't know if I would say they're going to be great in their first playoff run. So, uh, yes, I think it would be the heat. That would be the team I'm trying to avoid. And, uh, we'll have to see if they do. Can we talk about the thunder to close things out? Yeah. I, Just for a minute. I, this is the other team along with Orlando that I absolutely want to see, at least in the plane, because I think it would be great for them to get the experience. I think Shea in that environment would be awesome. I think getting all of their young guys in that environment get their get mark their their coach whose name last name i'm gonna butcher if i try to say it uh like getting them that playoff experience would be a really really good deal they're they're 10th right now they're ahead of the jazz they're ahead of the blazers they're ahead of the lakers they looked a lot better than the lakers when we just saw them play the lakers when lebron broke the score record just just for the record so like take that for what you will the offense as you know as we said earlier has been incredible of late would you take them or minnesota uh, I would take Minnesota because I do think there are times when Gobert just being humongous is an advantage. And that is one team where that is the case. And I do think, uh, no, I'm not willing to say Anthony Edwards is better than Shea. I love Anthony Edwards, but Shea's, Shea's better. Shea's, um, Shea's better. Yeah. I would take Shea. Shea 10 times but what's 10. funny about that comparison though, Chris is Shea is set up if they do get into the play in to have the type of breakout moment that ant had in last year's play in like sure. ant arrived in last year's play in game he won so that helped but uh shay would have that like shay shay's scoring 40 if they make the play in right um 
The fun thing about me to the Thunder for the uh, with the Thunder is the foursome that they have, and and Jalen Williams with a Y is kind of the flip guy, but J Dub Jalen without the Y, Lou Dort, Giddy, and Shea is about as fun of a four person combo in the NBA that there is. And then what's cool about it is it's super versatile too, right? You can go big with it. You can go small with it. They go small most of the time because they don't really have a center on the roster. But I just think the the possibilities are so cool with them and they're all good. It's not just like a freak experiment. It's like, no, they're actually winning. And Shea told us preseason, man, that they were done losing and we all kind of laughed. And then here they are. They're not great, but they lost Chet and they are still... You know, they're ahead of Damian Lillard and LeBron James. Like it, it could be a lot worse for them. And he 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 lived up to what he said. I'm I just love watching how weird and funky they are. And it starts with him, who we talked about with our kind of heading into the all-star takeaways, just his unorthodox game. But it's the whole team. And it starts with him, but they're all weird, they're all funky, and they all fit together somehow and they win games. It's 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 really cool to watch. It just kind of shows you the NBA can still be different, even if it all feels a lot of the same. Let's also just note like that there are gonna be some very unhappy people in in the West. <laughs> yeah. Lakers don't make it, they're gonna be unhappy. Dame doesn't make it, he's gonna be really unhappy. I think Danny Ainge is probably fine if the Jazz don't make it. Okay. Thunder, I think, should be unhappy if they don't make it. Like, if the Wolves don't get in the playoffs proper, they're going to be unhappy. If the Warriors, like, somehow don't get in, like, that's going to be, like, a, they're going to obviously be very unhappy. Pelicans, I think, would have a lot of reason to be unhappy. And it's, like, it looks like, like, 7 through 13. I kind of would think that, like, sit, like, Dallas, I haven't looked at their strength of schedule, but, like, you would think Dallas and, and the Suns probably pull away a little bit unless, like, something happens that kind of messes things up. And that puts a lot of pressure on on New Orleans and all these teams, like, and we're, and Dallas then, has the easiest schedule in the in the NBA, just for for reference. Okay, so they they're are, they're, uh, they're going to be significantly the easiest too. So they're gonna they're gonna surge, and we're all gonna overreact to Kyrie and everything. But but they just have a cakewalk of a schedule. Yeah, and then it's like, look, you're, you could, we could get like Warriors Nuggets round one or Warriors Grizzlies round one. Then like whoever loses that series is going to be really pissed off. There's going to be a lot of like really grumpy teams in the in the West at the end of this year, whether they're in the plane or not. I hope it's young guys who just ruin it for everybody because that's the most fun. If you have to lose, it is kind of cool to have it be somebody else's moment, you know. Um, but the, the 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 game I want we'll is see. I want a I wouldn't mind like Thunder Blazers. I don't know how like realistic that is, but in the play-in, just because give me like the redux of like the the Dame. Give me like Shea like in in a spiritual way, like getting a chance to like go up against Dame Avenge. after Dame hit that the the most one of the most famous and memed game winners we we've seen in recent history. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that from like a fun perspective. Or like Thunder Thunder Warriors Curry back in OKC. Right, like in, in that setting which I don't think has happened since that that maybe I don't think has happened since he hit that crazy shot, so give me that. Not in the playoffs. Not in the playoffs obviously, but like um, yeah. Yeah, obviously yeah. playing the regular season. Yeah, but like no, the West, is, the West is going to leave a lot of people disappointed. It's going to be a, a, a moment for somebody. Like, it, it's, it's, it's must-see TV. We could have just honestly gone all Western Conference teams and gotten to six here, I think, Chris. But that'll do it for today's show, guys. Follow us on social media wherever you are, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can also, of course, hit follow or subscribe if you're finding the show for the first time. All podcast platforms, including YouTube, while you're here, give us a five-star rating. Hit that bell down below. Drop a comment, whatever you want to do. That'll wrap us up, and we will talk to you all next week.